Yo, what is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Big Four Podcast. My name is Luke Springer, with the usual Brian, Nick, and Andrew. I just said that for the 50th time. How you guys doing on our 50th episode? Big day. I'm getting old. Not really, because we don't really have a lot to talk about, and we kind of just are not doing anything creative, but whatever. It's our 50th episode. And it's not the 50th one on our podcast page because we have some fifth quarters, but the 50th big four regular episodes is our 50th one. Uh, hopefully when we have more than four listeners at our hundredth episode, we can do something special and cool. But for now, we're just going to make it a normal episode because why not? So we have a decent amount of things to talk about. You know, the Bruins kind of cooked at Lake Tahoe yesterday. We can, we're going to get to that. Uh, college basketball had a lot of good games over the weekend in this past week and coming up we have some conference tournament games but first we are going to talk about the boston celtics and their 24 point blown lead nick i wouldn't be laughing because we'll get to your lakers too but we'll start with the celtics and they look horrendous chuck they shuck. Oh, they, they shuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they shuck. <laughs> I heard shuck. They yeah. blew a 24-point <laughs> like, lead Charles Barkley. probably one of the worst defensive teams of all time. That's exaggeration. But they are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA right now. And, yeah, they were up 24 and just Six couldn't. minutes up. The, the Celtics blow leads at such a fast rate. It was a 24-point mm-hmm. game with six minutes left in the third. With 10 minutes left in the fourth or nine minutes, it went to five. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it just, incredible. Seven they, minutes, they, 19 points, just gone. And I always hate to make this person the scapegoat and blame him, but Kemba Walker, one for 12 from three. <laughs> what what the F? Hot attack. Yeah, I mean, Kemba was bad. You can also point fingers at, um, at Jalen Brown, too. I mean, he was pretty bad defensively. He was pretty yeah, bad was, as well. He was bad. He was bad defensively. Tatum is always streaky defensively. So when yeah. when Brown's bad defensively and Tatum is his normal streaky self, then that's not a good recipe. But when Kemba came, I knew he was an inefficient shooter, but I didn't know he was this inefficient. Like in, in Charlotte, he averaged twenty five just because he chucked fifty shots a game because he was the only one who could score on that team so his percentages were not very good but now especially this year they've been horrendous and it's not like he's missing like contested shots he had some wide open shots yesterday that he's he's missed and i don't know why he keeps missing them but so that needs to change and then i forgot to mention this last podcast um i forget if we talked about the celtics but or not but if we did i didn't mention it in the beginning of the year, we all were saying how hopeful we were that the Celtics would get Isaiah Thomas because we all love Isaiah Thomas, blah, blah, blah. They need, wasn't really they need Isaiah Thomas. They need, they need something <sighs> off the bench. They need something off the bench because this bench that is not team. working out. So Rob, Will, Rob Will's fine. I like Rob Will off the bench, but he's not a oh, scorer. Sure. He's not gonna get he's not gonna get you 15 off the bench. They need that guy badly, especially with Smart out. I mean, Smart scores just because he chucks all the time so i mean he'll get his but he is not a very efficient shooter and he starts anyways but with smart out and hayward gone that's a big scoring drought they were already a bad bench scoring team last year and they're even worse this year i think realistically isaiah thomas would have fit perfectly and will still fit perfectly if they can uh, convince him to leave the Team USA or whatever he's on. I, he's I ready know. to at any moment. And no, when, I know. When Danny got asked, "What do you think about Isaiah?" he said, "No comment." So last time he said, "We're." When did, wait, when did he get asked like this? Early in season? Oh, two, two days, days ago, ago, really? Yeah, and then he said no comment. And early in the season, he's like, "We're set at the point guard position." So yeah, then definitely not. Definitely, I would. Jeff I would. Teague yeah, Isaiah Thomas. How many Jeff games Teague. do you think he can get you? How many wins? How how he turns he can't turn this team around. No, he can't. But but it, it would have helped a lot yesterday because when when they were down or when they were up by a ton and then the Pelicans started to get their um get get a run going, 
Uh, they really only look to Tatum and they kind of look to Brown. I mean, they, they look to Kemba too, but Kemba was just missing everything. So having Isaiah Thomas come off that bench and score some more points and be yet another guy that they can rely on. Cause they don't really have a lot of guys that they can rely on to score. You know, you have your superstars of all, every team or pretty much every team that you are the number one option. And then you have three to four guys that if you give them the ball, they can, they can normally score and then you rely on them or Ooh. not rely on them, but you trust them to score with the Celtics. They have Brown Tatum and sometimes Kemba. Other than that, you can't give the ball to anyone else and say, go score and, and hope that they can get them out of a drought and, and just hit something because everything that comes off of she- or everything that comes for Shemi, that comes for Rob Will, that comes from Tice, is all created by Brown and Tatum and Kemba. But with other teams, they have score like the good teams, like the Clippers. They have Lou Will, who comes off the bench. He can score by himself. He doesn't need Paul George or Kawhi to feed him the ball and stand in the corner. He can do it himself. That's what Isaiah Thomas would be able to do. It's just another weapon that can um, that can put the pressure off of Tatum and Brown and Kemba and be able to score when he needs to and get this team back into games, even though they shouldn't have been out of that game because they were up by so much, but other close games that that can put them past, uh, past the other team just a little bit more to have that bench scoring, have that person that they can rely on just that extra guy that they can say, okay, here, take the ball and go score. I, I honestly can't really, I'm going to be a little bold here. It's early, but I, I can't see Boston really making any noise of playoffs. And it's as simple as not uh, if they, if they keep their current roster, if they change just, their roster up, they can maybe depending. I, sure. I don't even know how much they can change that roster up, change that roster up right now. Um, because I, if you look at, and they need to make a big move. Cause if you look at all the teams that have won the NBA finals in the last few years, Miami, they went out and got, LeBron and Bosh. They're making drastic moves. Went out and got LeBron and Bosh. Lakers got AD. Uh, Golden State, they made, went aggressively and got KD. I mean, all these teams are – and uh, Toronto went aggressive mode and got Kawhi. All these teams are being really aggressive, and they're, it's you know resulting in a really good season, and they're all winning the finals. You need to be – Brooklyn this year went out and got Harden, and that has been so far now – very looking like a very good move. They're dominating um, any kind of any. Well, see, they're not they're not being the bad teams. They're ten and one, eleven and one against teams above five hundred, which is unreal. And that's the issue the Celtics have. They lose to bad teams. They hang in games. They they play down to competition. That's what they do. The thing the thing they've the done issue, that though, forever. They, they yeah, they need to go out and make some kind of big big move. You know, Kemba's got to get out of there, but they need to make a big trade. Um, to acquire an all-star level talent, or an all—I would say also a big all-star level big man. But the first three that come to mind, AD, Jokic, and 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 B—they're not ever going to get traded for a long time. So that makes it even more difficult. <sighs> You're at the point now where if Boston, I think, can once they can compete, all teams compete when you get deep into playoff runs. But they want to actually be a realistic contender to try and dethrone Brooklyn or not dethrone Brooklyn, but knock out Brooklyn um, or Philly. It's they need to do something fast because if you look at all the teams in the M- and then M- NBA history recently that have won the finals, they've all made big moves in the off season to allow them to get those rings. And um, Danny Ainge has really never done that before. Like the Celtics aren't a team that, makes mid-season trades or mid-season nope. moves. I can't remember the last time they did something like that to improve their team. For some reason, Danny is very, uh, I don't know what the word is, but he's very reluctant, I guess. Is that, is that the right word? I don't know. He's I very hesitant. Really the only one, and that was, it's not like it was a big move. He just turned to It wasn't. Good. He, But I'm he not wasn't. also big mid-season moves. I don't. I don't know. I feel like you can assess your team better in the off season, and sometimes it's just better. You can get better deals in the off season, and I feel like midseason moves usually turn into rentals or overpays. So, See that, so then, then that's where you hit the crossroads. Now, if you're Denny Age and you're sitting in the front office, you say, "Do we right now with the talent we have, if we can acquire a, a all star level big man or somebody that can?" You know, somebody that can help us a defensively and offensively, 
So an all-star level player, if we can acquire them at the deadline or whenever, do we have a realistic chance of being able to beat Brooklyn or, or Philadelphia or Philly? Oftentimes teams, teams, um, hesitate to make these big midseason moves because they look at the teams at the top of the conference and they, they, they see there's no way they can compete. They don't have the bench scoring or they don't have the, they don't have the, the best uh, supporting cast or they don't have the proper depth or whatever. I, I said the same thing in three different ways, but <laughs> they don't have, they don't, they can't compete even with that star, even with making a move. Cause you have to give up something and get something. You just can't acquire a guy without giving up anything. Right. So if you're Boston, you got if the, if Danny if you're Danny Ainge, you got to be sitting here and evaluate what you have. Brooklyn is 11-1 against teams above 500. They are rolling right now, and those three stars are playing great basketball. All three of them right now. All three of them. Um, you got three. I'd say two MVP candidates and one guy that's you know he's not, Kyrie's an, Kyrie's not an MVP candidate, but he's 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 good. He's having a really good he's season. An all-star starter. And you, Danny Ainge, has to, Danny Ainge has to sit why. there and be like, if we acquire a, a, some guy, if we acquire the best star out there that is attainable, um, can we beat Brooklyn? And if that answer is a no, uh, like a, a flat no, then there's no, there's no reason to make that move. And then I agree with Brian. But if the answer is a maybe or a yes, then you might be thinking, all right, well, Brooklyn's the only team to beat right now in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn and Philly. And the Celtics usually play well against Philly in the playoffs. So now it's just coming down to Brooklyn. Who knows? Yeah. Philly's a different team we, this year. Boston's just been in a tough, interesting little stretch in the if last two. If they can acquire the last three weeks, the last three weeks has been tough. They lose smart. They've played a lot of games with injuries. They had to go out west. They've played back-to-backs. They've had a tough schedule over the last three weeks where they've struggled. But blowing leads and playing down to competition is the problem. And I don't know where that problem comes from. Is that is that Tatum and Brown not, you know, getting excited for big game. That's where I think Smart's so valuable. Because I think he keeps guys together on the floor on any game. Where I do without too. Him, without him, they're just like, oh, whatever. It's it's Washington on a Sunday afternoon. We're just here to freaking shoot some hoops. Yeah, and Brad doesn't help either because he's all chill and nonchalant. He's not a coach that's going to get everyone fired up, so he has Smart to do that. But Smart's not there now. I mean, he's still in the locker room, but he's not playing, so it's not the same. Um, and that's the other, that's one issue I have with Brad. The other issue I have with Brad is, so if by the off chance that any head coach in the NBA other than Brad Stevens listens to this podcast, I have a tip for you. If you were playing the Boston Celtics, double team and trap Jason Tatum because the combination of him not knowing what to do half the time and his teammates not knowing what to do when they get catch the ball off of a pass from him coming from a double team, that's not a good combination. And I think it has to do with the fact that Brad's rotations are so like out of this world and so weird because he has some guys like Grant who played a ton last season. He played a ton in the beginning of the season. And I don't think he's seen the floor in like the past two or three games. I can't remember if he's been on the court. So it, it just baffles me sometimes the way he uh, puts his lineups together and his rotations. And in terms of Tatum, so Tatum, he's gotten better with the double teaming, but he still is hesitant and doesn't really know what to do. But the worst thing is there, this happened a ton yesterday is when Tatum would be on, um, he had just crossed half court on one of the sidelines. He gets trapped. He throws it to the guy at the top of the key who's open. And that guy at the top of the key stops, holds it and doesn't know what to do. And then the Pelicans just go back into their defense and set up five on five. What you have to do there is either attack or swing it or even shoot it. If you're open, like there was a time I think where Pritchard got the ball at the top of the key. He was open. He didn't shoot it. He held it. And then the, the Pelicans were able to scramble and get back on defense and play five on five. What you have to do there is you have to either swing the ball attack, like make them continue to rotate rotate but instead they don't know and, and a lot of the times they have Tice up there which I think is a mistake because Tice can't really do anything when he gets the ball at the top of the key but they have to have a guard at the top of the key like Brown Kemba Smart when he's in Pritchard they have to have a guard at that top of the key so Tatum can have someone to a pass it to and b when you get the ball you can either attack or swing or shoot it so that you put pressure on the defense and not let them get back into whatever they want to get back into and that's the problem without having veteran guys on the bench. They don't have a veteran guy on the bench. There are whole benches, well, 
fatigue doesn't count. Every other guy on that bench is four years or younger in the league. Mm-hmm. So they're all relatively inexperienced and you know and inexperienced with each other because I feel like they're I feel like they don't know how to play with each other because Brad is so erratic with his uh substitutions and rotations that uh units of guys don't get to play together that much so they don't get to I mean they're on the same team and they all practice they know how they play each other play but it, it it's different when you have a group of five guys that um that switches every single game like sometimes Tatum is out there with Shemi for 24 minutes a game but then the next game he won't see Shemi at all on the floor at the same time so the the inconsistency does not help them establish a rhythm so that when Jason Tatum does get doubled a teammate who is on the floor as him or the same time he's on the floor at the same time as him they can establish, okay, when I get doubled here, I'm going to kick it to you in the corner, and then you're going to drive, blah, 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 do whatever they want. But since Brad switches up the lineups and rotations a ton, you can't get that familiarity with people because you don't know if they're going to be in when you're in because he doesn't play guys one night, and then they play 35 minutes the next night. It's just so weird. Here's my little assessment of this whole thing. Um, at the end of the day, you have to blame one person. Someone has to get – some kind of blame because this has been this isn't just a this year thing blowing leads this is was last year was an issue last year and correct me if i'm mistaken i'm pretty sure it was an issue the year before basically playoffs last year before that they were good closing they have times where they blow leads but they close them last year starting the playoffs is when it really got ugly they have they have issues blowing they have issues hanging on to leads and i know what happened a lot i hope i know what happened last year um, and there were several times that happened last year where they've been able to hang on, but just the principle of blowing a 20 point lead, whether they're able to hang on to that lead and win, or, you know, it's just, they have an issue closing out games and they got two guys, Tatum and Brown that are clutch. In my opinion, they're clutch. They can hit the big shot. They're not going to, they're not going to miss half the time. It's not like Alex Caruso on Saturday night. They would hit that shot. Right. So and when I'm, what I'm thinking is this one guy on the bench, one veteran, you sign Isaiah Thomas, that prob that that might change some bench scoring, but that doesn't make any drastic change for them to that that won't catapult them up the Eastern Conference standings. You know that one little move like Isaiah Thomas won't won't do the justice. All right, yeah, so I think that's I think that's what the whole signing thing about Tristan Thompson was around. Just like veteran experience that has gone to the playoffs has won a championship, but like you said, they need scoring, and I mean Tristan Thompson's not going to be able to do that. So. Like you're saying, they definitely need more scoring, and like they need, they could use a veteran piece. But at the same time, we really should sort of remember that this doesn't have to be a win now team. Obviously, we want it to be, but their future is so bright. Like you said, their their bench is so young. Obviously, we want to win now, but who doesn't? If yeah, obviously, but I feel like the Celtics... Yeah, see, the Celtics did that to us. They've been in the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the four years where they really had no business ever really being in the Eastern Conference nope. Finals. Last year, exactly. yes, maybe, but the two years prior, Isaiah Thomas here, that was a fluke, and then Kyrie and Hayward were both hurt, and they went to Game 7 against the Cavs. Last year, yes, but the two years prior, no. What what have I been saying though for like the past year? It's not the Celtics' time yet. Yes, they're good, but they're still super young. Brown and Tatum are still super young. They're not. I mean, maybe they're approaching their prime, but they're not in their primes yet. Another two to three years, they will be. And that and at that point, KD, Kyrie, all the guys in the Eastern Conference will be older and not be able to play. And Tatum and Brown will be one of the best players in the entire league. I, I'm. They're really good right now. But I've been saying this for the past half a year almost to a year now that it's not their time yet they can be competitive and still make conference finals and stuff but it's not their time to win a championship yet that is in a few years when the a they reach their prime and get even a little bit more a little bit better and when the older guys like Kyrie like KD like LeBron even though he's in the western conference guys like that start to get older and start to get worse and digress Oh, so so this is then this is good. Then th- what this season? Then a good the Celtics might not make a playoff run this season. They might get bumped in the second round when they have to play a Brooklyn or a Philly or whatever. But this is this is then this is a good then this is a so far this is a good learning experience. Is in my opinion, you have Brown, you have Tatum, right? Tatum they are Brown, your young core. They've experienced game sevens 
of the conference finals. They've experienced tough season. They've done that's a good thing, especially at a young age. Well, they have they have the two they have your, your young core, and Danny Ainge said, "All right, let me throw Kemba in there. He's seven years seven years in the league. He's considered a veteran. Um, he was on a team where he was the leader for the majority of his career. Let's get Kemba in here, a point guard, a playmaker, and let him try and manage the offense. Get these t- get a whole offense in, a whole the whole offense in sync, and we're gonna hope that this whole thing works out. That putting a getting a, a big time veteran star." into the mix with our young core um, that should balance the balance the scoring balance, everything offensively, make everything more in sync. And this should lead to more wins and success, successful seasons. Well, that really, especially this year um, hasn't, well, it's somewhat been the case, but not to, not to the extent uh, to what we were expecting. So this is good. Now you're saying, all right, so we got, we brought in a veteran scorer with Brown and Tatum. We now learn Brown and Tatum are, very good scores, especially with Kemba. So you have three guys averaging over 20 points a game. Kemba's experiment probably is not going to work. So now you got to bring in, try and bring in, I'd say, I'd say boss's next move is try and bring in a playmaker. I've been vouching for it. Trade for Russell Westbrook. He's a playmaker. He's not going to, he's not he, just cause you don't, just cause you might not like him, you know, don't, don't like the way he goes by himself. He's very flamboyant. You know, every wears, you know, Halloween costumes, to NBA games every time. But the fact of the matter is this guy can put up consistent double-digit assist numbers a game. And what better on a team that has two guys, not one Bradley Beal, but two guys that can score 27 points a game. That's huge. And Westbrook's a guy that he 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 doesn't and he, he's he's also going to get them going. 15. Like he's another smart where he's not going to let them take a game off. He's going to yes, get he's them very going. Electric. Again. He's he's very electric. Yeah. Plays I think, very good defense. Yeah. Of different than Kemba, he plays much better defense than Kemba. He crashes the glass, so you get that bonus from point guard position. Sure, you probably got to pay him more. Well, you probably only have to pay him as much as you're paying Kemba, actually. But you're going to get the big assist numbers, the playmaking, the leadership that Tatum and Brown don't really provide. And he, and uh, j- the only issue would be down the stretch because I think Westbrook will think he's the man down the stretch. So down the stretch might still be an issue, but I think they will be a little more in sync. If they get yeah, and the thing that I love about Russell Westbrook is just the way that he plays the game. I think that that's the something that he can really bring to the Celtics that really just embodies like the Boston Celtics in a whole is just like constant effort, just like diving for diving for loose balls. Like that's just what I think he can bring to the table. Obviously he brings leadership assists, rebounds, defense. Those are all great things, but I think that, I think yeah, I think the best thing that he brings is just like the way that he plays the game. It's just it's contagious. I think I think Ron I think Boston could have also uh, experimented uh, bringing Rondo back this offseason and putting him putting him in that bench lineup. You take you can substitute out you can take it afford him. Um, you could still substitute out you know guys like Kemba. Rondo could be the first guy off the bench, and then you all of a sudden have a playmaker with who Rondo is. 1000% pass first. He's passing first every single time. He's not going to score like Westbrook and so Westbrook will sometimes take it to the hoop. Rondo doesn't even Rondo wouldn't have to. Rondo's a pass first guy. Rondo's a guy that can manage the offense. He can control the offense and Boston doesn't have that guy off the bench. Teague's not a playmaker. Teague's terrible. Boston doesn't have that guy <laughs> off the bench that can be that, you know, that that can sub out Kemba and then manage the floor. They don't have that guy. They don't have they don't have a floor general at all in my opinion. If anything it's smart and he's a defensive first guy, which is kind of concerning for Boston. So you got to bring Boston's first move in my opinion was bringing the big man, but I think I don't I don't I'd rather see them now that we're having this conversation. I'm kind of learning more and more. I believe now their best move is to bring in a playmaker, one that's not exp- one that might not be expensive, but bring in a playmaker, someone that you don't have to pay a lot of money to that can manage the offense off the bench when Kemba comes off. And this for is, next year when Kemba's probably still under contract, if they don't trade him, he'll be very important. Yeah. Kemba has two more years under his contract and it's not necessarily the easiest guy to trade. But if they don't trade for Westbrook, another guy, if you want Rondo now, is Atlanta's not committed to John Collins, so you could package that up and, you know, do a little trade. And Yeah, but Collins isn't – I mean, Collins is the big man you want, but he's 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 the four on that team. He's not the five. He's the four. So you're just bringing positionless in a Tice that can jump. He's a forward. Yeah. You're just bringing a Daniel Tice that can jump. That's all. You're, I mean, that's pretty much it. He, 
John Collins. I don't think John Collins does much. This doesn't. He's John Collins. All right, you can if you can trade for him, it's fine. But he's not going to do much um, to really turn this team around. I think the two aspects are rebounding Drummond or getting a a a, pa- a very pass first uh, playmaker. So Westbrook is a pass first playmaker, but if you want to explore a cheaper option or the option where you don't have to give up a lot. Rondo, Ricky Rubio, like one of those guys that can you that you can throw on the bench, and he will come on when Kemba comes off, be the sixth man and manage that offense with Tatum and Brown to close out the first quarter and start the second quarter. That kind of mojo, middle of the third, start of the fourth kind of guy. You know, just you know when Tatum and Brown are in the game, one of them catches fire, he's feeling the ball every time, time and again. You don't have to worry about like you said, Luke Tatum having to bring the ball up and then getting instantly double teamed. He can be a catch and shoot guy, which is something that he he thrives on. He likes to, he's a catch and shoot player. Yeah, he can dribble, 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 shoot, but catch and shoot. You know, Tatum can also do that. Why don't you utilize his weaponry and a guy that is a very good floor general? Because if if you know Tatum brings the ball up, like you said, they double team Tatum. I don't think he has many. I don't think he has the assets to really effectively maneuver out of that kind of situation like a Curry does or, a, you know, someone like Steph Curry can do time and again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've hammered it home with the Celtics. Nick, do we want to talk about the Lakers a little bit or are we all set? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. No AD, no shooter. They're kind of screwed and trash, but no AD, no shooter. I mean, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to do a Lakers spiel. It's right in front of you. No AD, no shooter. Back to back games against two very bad defenses. Couldn't even, they, they couldn't score 100 against the worst defense in the league, Brooklyn. They the couldn't Heat score, are a good defense. They have a good defense. They couldn't score team. 100 against the Heat, which is scoring 100 in the game should be, should be done almost eight times a year. They yeah. haven't scored 100 the last two games. Um, last game, I was embarrassed to watch that, to be a Lakers fan, because I said any team that shoots 43 is I instantly lose respect for. Lakers shot 43 of them, made 13. Um, down the stretch that game, that was a mess. The, they had three shots down the stretch to tie or take the lead. Down three, who took the shot? Kuzma. Wesley. Down, down, LeBron make, took a shot down four, one. so I don't count that. Yeah, down, Wesley Matthews. Who took a shot? Wesley Matthews. Down two, who took a shot? Alex Caruso. <laughs> so. The Caruso. Oh, Wesley yeah. Matthews jacked up a three. No, sorry. Yeah. Kuzma heat check down three. Brick. Oh, that, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> shot, Wesley That's Matthews because- pulled up. Because Wesley Kuzma Matthews was having a good game, and then I yeah. was just like, wrong time for a Kuz heat check. Right. He like pulls up from the – it, it wasn't even – it was a bad shot, though. It was like a fadeaway three right. from the corner with like 30. Oh, then uh, then the uh, KCP drew the offensive foul, a little acting there, but he still got hit in the face. Um, then Matthews proceeds to pull up from 29 feet and brick it with a, a two-point game instead of give it to LeBron. Fine. I that was probably the war. I was I was more mad at that than the Caruso shot. Then LeBron gets double teamed, smart double teamed by the Heat, kicks it to Caruso, misses an open mid range J to tie the game. I mean, they just they're as good as the Detroit Pistons without a deer shooter. Those two guys that can score. LeBron, bum. That those are two guys that LeBron. can score. Uh, combined, eighteen shooter can put up combined forty. Sometimes even they've done they combined for fifty several times this year. I mean, those two guys are crucial, and you know. They had no scoring when LeBron, when LeBron was off the floor. They didn't score. They probably in the ten minutes LeBron was off the floor, they might have scored five points. Like they were just not good. They're not good. Right now. I mean, it's they might even they probably lose to Washington tonight because they can't score offensively and you can't keep up with that offense. And they'll probably get the booty bent over smacking of a lifetime against Utah on Wednesday. Like I'm talking four in the forty point range. Right. So. I picked the Lakers. Then Schroeder, the so Schroeder come back. They're gonna lose by forty. Yeah, they they can't score. They can't score offensively. They might. Utah's got a great defense. I don't even. I'd be I'd be shocked if the Lakers break a hundred points against Utah. I'd be shocked if they break a hundred points against Utah and still lose. I'll be happy. I'll be happy. Andrew, you looked like you wanted to say something earlier. Um. Do you remember? Nah, I cannot. It's all right. I cannot it's right. remember. It's the Lakers. We can, don't need a, yeah, we players. can move past the Lakers in the NBA and go to the, well, I wouldn't say Red Hot because they lost two in a row before this game, but the Bruins who routed the Flyers <laughs> yesterday at Lake Tahoe, Pasternak with a hat trick. What a beautiful setting. It was, it was amazing. All it was, the, it was, it was immaculate. It was immaculate. 
all but six Bruins with a point in yesterday's game in the seven to three uh, route of the Philadelphia Flyers. And yeah, five and oh, baby. Five and oh, beautiful game. Uh, scenery and in term in terms of play as well. Uh, luckily, they did enough to shut it down in the middle of the game, like they did the uh, Vegas, um, whatever the other team was, Colorado. Colorado, Vegas, Colorado. Thank it was you. it was a smart move, definitely to to shut it down. I mean, it's gonna happen. I I wonder why they didn't think about that before. But I mean, the sunset was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I do know what they were expecting cloud cover. So, but the sun just sort of screwed everything up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was a great, it was a, it was a great two day span. I mean, I thought it was awesome. I mean, even if the Bruins didn't win, I still thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting um, how they were talking about for one in the afternoon game at first that how the shading from the tree would have, you know, would significantly affect uh, the goalie. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. I mean, just... Oh yeah. 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 I thought you were going to say affects like the melting of the ice. Yeah. No. But, um, no, it's like it's like hitting yeah, at Fenway when it's like, the, yeah. it's like hitting at Fenway when the batter's box is in the shade, but the pitcher's I'll mound is in the sun. The game. Yeah, that's that must suck. Well, uh, smaller than a baseball coming at you a lot faster. Oh, yeah, does, I know. Does it honestly. come at you a lot faster? How much faster does a puck come at a goalie than a baseball? Well, sla- Probably char- the same. Slap shot. Well, well one oh eight. Yeah. Give me the med- Give me the median slap shot. Oh. Yeah, yeah, probably like 80, 85. Not, not like the, the giant 6-7 Shara slap shot. Yeah, so about 80, 85. The highest ever is 108, so. It's like the same as a baseball. Play, baseball, a little, little slower. Yeah. Anyways, great game by the Bruins. Uh, Pasternak scored within a minute, and, I mean, that pretty much sums up. <laughs> the the last time we played the Flyers, he scored 12 seconds, and this time he's like 36 seconds. And then yeah, the, I was just going to say that. Period, he's like 40. That, yeah, that pretty much some that second period goal was snipe and a half though. Oh I don't know God, how that so snuck in. That even, was even the fact it was on edge and he stills like I'm going freaking bar down on you, Carter. Yeah, I, I that, <laughs> yeah. that he had zero space whatsoever and just sniped it top right. But I was just gonna say the that pretty much sums up the Bruins against the Flyers this season. I mean, they kind of own them. Um, wish that would be the sure. same for the Islanders, but unfortunately the Islanders kind of own the Bruins, but the Bruins play the Islanders again on Thursday. So, I mean, that's a good game to watch. So hopefully they can get their redemption. They're riding high. I mean, they did lose two before this, including one loss to the Devils, but who knows? I mean, seven to three is, is good to go into a game against the Islanders with. So hopefully they can, uh, they can win that. Are they at home at that game? No, they're in New York. Never mind. They're in New York for that game. But yeah. Anyone else want to say anything about the about the bees? So this is about this isn't about the Bruins, but this is just about. I was telling you guys this earlier. Is so it's really disappointing that ESPN doesn't talk about hockey a lot. Oh yeah. But it makes sense because they're really bad at talking about it. And it's because I was watching around the horn earlier, and they were talking about whether Lake Tahoe was a win for the NHL. And they were just like, um, I don't really think so because uh, they had a delay. It was just like, that has nothing to do with <laughs> hockey. Like there were two great games. Well, not really, but I mean, it, the Bruins scored seven goals. Like that doesn't happen all the time. And it was an outdoor place. I mean, I mean, Lake Tahoe was a pretty cool place to play hockey. It was just a, mm-hmm. it was a cool weekend. It was, it, they were focused on the sun rather than the whole thing, which makes sense why they don't really talk about hockey. Cause yeah. Also around the horn makes no either. sense. I don't understand yeah. the point. Well, yeah. someone, at- someone give me a pamphlet that has the scoring, the scoring <laughs> breakdown on around a horn. Because someone, I need, someone, I need the rule book. I need the rule book. <laughs> I'm watching and I'm like, all right. He just said it was like a while ago. He was like, what? They were talking. It was talking about like AJ Green. It was like his one. It was like a he like mot somebody and it was like talking about how good his catch was. And the guy was like, dude, he went over and jumped over the cornerback's head and caught up behind his helmet. And then he gets like six points. And the other guy's yeah. like, oh, it's great defense by the corner. He gets like thirty points. Yeah, like other, who? Yeah. Who watches the that? His freaking elaborate. Sh- that was like impressed on he gets like minus 12 points I'm like why what's happening yeah. here? 
who I it's don't know so, anyone who realistically so likes that show. If if you are a sports fan and the two shows that you watch on ESPN are around the horn and highly questionable, you are not a sports fan. I watched Highly Questionable with Poppy because he was Poppy's funny. Yeah, but oh, it's CC, not, there's I'm no, very intrigued. Yeah, there's no content in that. They don't talk about no, I mean they do talk not. about sports, but it, there's nothing there. No, but I was I was I I mean I guess going back to the around the horn Andrew you saw with this, I mean, I guess the only thing for uh, outdoor games, they could probably do it, but they have likely make them more night games because I, I, that's so weird. It could still be below freezing, but the sun will still affect the ice. Yeah, it's it's just because the the sun. Well, yeah, Nick. The, uh, the hey, buddy, is, just... is the snow melting over the past couple weeks? Well, oh, that's because it, it rained been. today. I want it rained well, today. today. Rain. The last week has been like twenty degrees. I know it has been here. I'm assuming it's been roughly the same there. Yeah. Has the snow oh. melted a little bit? Yeah, because the sun's strong. <laughs> that's okay, Nick. It's okay. Feel good about yourself right now, Brian? You feel good? Oh, no, it's just like. Like, okay, right now. Dumb point. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, well, we'll kick it to Nick with his uh question. Only one today, so Nick, make it a good one. Yeah, it's a f- another friggin' segment of Yes Yeet Real presented another by friggin', Nobody. Another friggin' segment. Nobody is sponsoring this segment. Another sponsorless segment. So someone make it sponsorable. Well, we also actually no. Listen and download our episodes so then we can get sponsors. No one's going to sponsor us with four listeners. But anyways, go, Nick. We can get a sponsor from like a lemonade stand down the street or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, today's question, we're, we're going we're gonna to go back to the NBA as if we haven't hey. talked about the NBA. But that's Ooh. the only thing that's been happening because the Brooklyn Nets are, on, are in Fuego, just completed a very successful West Coast swing, knocking off the likes of both LA teams and somebody else. And someone, do they play Utah? They might play Utah half. Mm-hmm. They play, I think they play Utah with like an arm and a leg. Like, I don't think they had like Kyrie or KD and they got blown. I can't remember. But Brooklyn, a very successful West Coast trip. Nonetheless, we're looking at they just, they just beat the Clippers. Um, can we call the Nets a front runner for the NBA Finals? Q-Stat? Um, when healthy. I need to say when healthy. When healthy. Possibly. <laughs> Must be a stupid question. I'm gonna hold off for now, just because I still don't trust their defense. And when it comes to the playoff time, I mean, there's a lot of games that are are in the 90s, and I mean, I don't think that their defense is really gonna hold up. Um, so yeah, I'll have to wait and see. Maybe they can acquire somebody, or I don't know exactly what they can do, but their defense is very shaky. Brian, what was the question? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you like hot dogs or hamburgers? Burgers all day long. I have I've had like six long? in the last eight days. Luke, can we call the Nets a front runner for the finals when healthy? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Brian, <laughs> they suck defensively and they don't have bench scoring. So hey, you never know when those guys got to play forty-five minutes a game. It's gonna be tough. Uh, I'm saying yes. I think Nash is. I so I think they're gonna be. The Eastern Conference uh, team. Ryan, stop playing pool. <laughs> He's gonna be. They're gonna be. Off, they're gonna be the Eastern Conference team that uh, represents the East in the finals. But in terms of finals, like winning the finals, I'm not sure. It's still a little bit early. But I think Nash is doing a really, really good job with the rotations. I mean, Durant didn't play at all while he's been injured, but he, he's doing a really good job of setting one and playing two so that they get their rest and they're still winning so that they won't be completely dead by the time the playoffs come. So if they're all healthy and then once the playoffs start, uh, teams play their stars 40 to 45 minutes a game anyway. So they'll be used to playing 45 minutes a game because they did in the regular season. Um, so I think that I, I think honestly, they're going to be fine I, again. Their bench is a little bit iffy, but when you have three guys who can easily drop 35 a night, if they need to, I think that that's a recipe for a good championship team. The Brooklyn Nets are going to win the Eastern conference. I'm saying this right now. I'm planning out right now. Brooklyn Nets are going to win the East, and I think they're just going to steamroll through the playoffs. They are so they just they're so good against teams, you know when 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 the game matters. So when they play a team above five hundred, when they know the game matters, they are just so good. And you're, James Harden is playing the best basketball of his career right now. If he keeps this up, he might win MVP. I mean, it, it, he's on fast track to that. 
and he could be on a fast track to MVP and ring, which would be two things that he needs in his career right now because he looked really bad and the, the whole trade thing in Houston looked really bad for him. Um, and Kyrie's playing the opposite of what I thought he would. And they're still able to beat teams like the Clippers and the Lakers without even Kevin Durant. And Durant will come back and Durant's – he's Kevin Durant. I mean, you can't – this dude's top five player in the league with a torn Achilles. I mean, he's he's an unbelievable basketball player. They got three guys. And I tell you what, if Joe Harris and Timothy lawalu Cabarro continue to go like – continue to shoot really good percentages from three – like against the, the Lakers is the only game because I don't really care about the Nets outside when they play the friggin' Lakers. But Harris went six for seven. Lawalu Cabrera went like five for seven. I mean, they just when they are lights out from three with that supporting cast, Cabrera, Lawalu Cabrera, Harris, Green. When those guys are hitting threes, it's there's no stopping. They don't need they don't need to play defense because they're just gonna they can outscore you either way. It's they're ridiculous. So yes, yeah, they, yes, yes, we can call the Nets a front runner for the finals. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, we got two more quick things. Uh, I'll start off with mine. Um, now, this is basically what I'm doing here is just giving you uh, guys, if you want, uh, my co- college basketball fans, which is the better of the two um, major basketball leagues because the NBA sucks. Um, so, college basketball. The ABA is pretty good. No, the, the what? The ABA. The ABA. I don't know. The NBA sucks, though. J.J. Redick, justice for J.J. Redick, even though I hate him, but still, regardless. Uh, if you – so here here are some games between now and Thursday that you should look out for on your radar. Um, I'll do the weekend ones on Thursday because there are way too many of this on the weekends um, to do right now. Uh, so the first one, if you are super early to this podcast and skip all the way to the end, you might be able to watch the second half of Oklahoma State-Texas Tech, a Big 12 matchup featuring the presumed number one overall pick in Cade Cunningham. Um, They have dropped out of the rankings the last few weeks, so hopefully they can get back. And I think they're a tournament team right now, but a win here would be um, pretty much locking it and hopefully making them one of those, like, I don't know, eight or nine seeds. Um, So, yeah. And then tomorrow, Kansas Jayhawks, baby, against Texas. Kansas coming off a nice five-game winning streak, including one against Texas Tech, which they had on Saturday. And Texas moving down in the rankings after a atrocious loss to West Virginia, where they completely broke down, and two of their top guards, Ramey and Andrew Jones, got into it and had a little scuffle altercation. So the, things are not looking good in Texas right now, but it will be a good game, I believe, at 9 o'clock tomorrow night. And then on Thursday, we got two games, another Big 12 matchup because the Big 12 is just absolutely insane. West Virginia against Baylor. Um, that, that'll that be a good game, but it, it's just Baylor. Baylor all the way because they are unstoppable right now. Their defense is really good. West Virginia is usually a good defensive team, but this year they are one of the worst defensive teams in the Big 12. They are just really good at scoring. They are um, number two in scoring in the Big 12. So we got the top two Big 12 scoring teams between Baylor and West Virginia. Um, so it'll be a high-scoring game, but in terms of defense, I think Baylor squeaks this one out. And then the Big Ten has a big matchup tomorrow, or not tomorrow night, Thursday night. Um, Iowa and Michigan. Michigan coming off a really, really good win against Ohio State. That was a really good game. I'm sad that Brian got to miss it. Um, and then Iowa also coming off a good win. They get to sneak back into the top ten with the nation's leading scorer in Luka Garza, who is, if he could pass, is basically Jokic in a better shooting form. That's basically what he is. So he's going to be really good. Hopefully he gets a shot in the NBA. He'll be a second round pick just because he's an upperclassman, which I still think is super stupid, even though he's one of the best players in the country. But that is another game to look out for on Thursday. And that rounds it up. On Thursday, I'll go back. Oh, also, we got our first. uh, It doesn't really matter because it's a trash conference. But on Thursday, we got our first uh, conference tournament games, the Horizon League. Ooh, yes. I don't even, I mean, it doesn't really, I, it, the best game is the IU, UIC Flames against Youngstown State, 11-6. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, never mind. I forgot. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, tournaments, that, that's promising because 
uh, tournament play is just around the corner. I mean, yes, it's on Thursday, but the major tournament games and tournaments are coming up very soon. Last thing, we are going to start this thing because I looked at our Instagram the other day and it's very one-dimensional and it looks the exact same. We have posts that are the exact same thing every single time. So what we're going to do is we, I'm going to send one of you three or myself, if I feel like I want to, to find a crazy weird stat that no one's ever heard of, that you've never heard of, that I've never heard of, that we've never heard of. So we can a post something new things on Instagram and learn more about the wacky world of sports. So since Andrew said that he had something already, we're going to send him off. I mean, he already has it, but we're just going to send him off and he's going to tell us on Thursday what he finds when he Why would he just tell us now? Yeah, I, I got it right here if you want. I me. guess he could uh, find it could now. Tell us now. So then, okay, I'll, so, th- so then, Nick, you'll find one for us on Thursday. Okay, sound good? <sighs> More homework. Yeah, I got it. Oh my I'm God, <laughs> you're a bum. All right, Andrew, okay. what's your Almost wacky week. stat? Yeah, golf and Wednesday. So basically, Wednesday? yeah, golf. Woo, let's go. Okay, so this is Mind drive uh, down and golf with us. This is kind of a two-parter, okay. both uh, surrounding the uh, the greatest. Say the second part so I can say it on Thursday. <laughs> Tom Brady. They're all they're all circled around the greatest uh, quarterback of all time, Nathan Peterman. Dan Marino. Oh, oh, Nathan Peterman stat. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So there's a stat: Aaron Rodgers could throw 1,240 consecutive interceptions on 1,240 straight pass attempts and still have a better career touchdown-interception ratio than Nathan Peterman. Uh-huh. There it is, folks. That's the century. Crazy. Yes. There and it is. And then part two, Nathan uh-huh. Peterman finished his years with the Bills having a lower QB rating than if he simply spiked the ball every single time he lined up under center. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Nathan Peterman, ladies and gentlemen. No one did anything to hurt Nathan Peterman, and then we just stabbed him in the heart. Yeah, he hasn't been. BTF, baby. Poor guy. I haven't haven't heard him in a while. Now we just bring up this and and, then make everyone. That is rough. That's that's, pretty incredible. Nathan Peterman. That is rough. I say this in the nicest way possible. We've never seen anything like him. We've never seen anything. Like no, he's, he's, he's a one in he's a one in a generation talent right there, ladies. And that gentlemen. is just one in a I thousand. Feel bad for him. I mean, a million. Just, I don't. I I feel bad for the guy. He just can't stop. I, mean, I don't. It's his own fault. But like, it is. If it he would listen is. to this, if we if our podcast was famous and he was listening to it, wow. Hey, if Carson Wentz That's keeps cold. up the pace he did last year, he'll join that club. <laughs> Fast. No, like Carson, no, no, no Carson like went slander. He's on a new team. To get to that ratio, new team, new Carson. No Carson went slander until we see him play bad next year. But hopefully that doesn't happen. So no more that's Carson went slander. It's all right. Uh, that's it. Thank you guys. Episode fifty. It wasn't anything special, but yeah. you know we don't really have any listeners and we didn't get any inputs and we're not very creative. So you know, hopefully sure. by the time we are at episode one hundred, we'll have more people that listen to our episodes and can tell us what to do. But for now. We're going to see you on Thursday. Hold Any on, last thing. thoughts? Yeah, yeah one more thing. Thoughts? Brian, did you win? Did you win your eight ball game? I did beat I did beat my dad in game seven. couple good shots. Game six, <laughs> I had some crazy bank shots. So, you know, pretty Wait, So you were down 3-2? Right I was down, down 2-0, made it 2-2, oh. down 3-2, came back. So tragic. I mean, if you're a fan of that side, you know, <laughs> it's a tough way to go down up 2-0. You got the got in the bag. You go up 3-2. All you got to do is close it out. Sounds like the Celtics against the Cavs in 2018. Or the Pelicans <laughs> last night. Well, Celtics, Cavs, 2018, they <laughs> no, went no, up 2-0. No, no, I know, but blowing leads. Two, but blow and or leads. Sam Burns. Blowing leads. Oof. Sam Burns. Poor guy. What? Yeah, we'll recap of the golf tournament. Sam Burns yeah, held okay. the lead the entire friggin' tournament <laughs> and lost it on. I stage. feel bad for Sam Burns, but Tony Ripper Magufa. Oh, no, he can't, dude. He can't buy one. Oh, he can't Tony buy Ripper one. Magufa, Tony Fanu. How do you have three Magoo. straight second place finishes? He has three straight runner-ups. Three, like three mil in the last three weeks. Though. I mean, so the the, the, the farm insurance one is like, all right, he won runner-up, but he finished five back, but. He was in a five-way tie for nine for at for second place at minus nine, but he lost by five. But 
I don't know what the score at the the European tour event they lost to DJ, One, runner think. up. I don't know how much he lost thereby, but wow. I mean, Max Hall missed a three footer to win. Tony Finau missed a seven footer to win. Yeah, uh, poor guy. Like seven feet. He missed a seven footer to win on ten, like and then he 12. missed a nine footer on fourteen, the second playoff hole to tie. Oh man, I mean, that's what Max I call was, oof. Max Homa, this is what happened. This here's the tragedy of Tony Finau, folks. Max Homa misses a three footer on eighteen to win the tournament, sends it to a playoff, absolutely no momentum. He puts his he puts his tee shot behind a tree. He has literally nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was somehow puts on the green. Tony Finau's middle right side of fairway, good angle, chips it. Poor chip, I am. Chips it at seven feet, sallies it to the freaking moon. And then misses a nine footer on 14 on the hole. You literally cannot go. You can go anywhere but left on 14. You could aim to the other side of the 100 foot wide green and still be make a par. And he, and he pulls it left into the bunker, makes bogey, and loses. Poor Dang. Guy. That's Poor tough. Poor guy. Max Holm. Well, that was Nick's final thoughts. Brian and Andrew, oh, do you have, have final thoughts? Thought. I have one more final thought. Go, go Pats. Pats. Yeah. <laughs> go Shocks. Go Shocks. They play on um, Sunday. Well, spring training. But, yeah, they yeah. play spring training on Sunday. Go Pats. Go um, Socks. Yeah. Final thought. Um, I don't want this to get into a discussion, but um, NBA sucks. That's just NBA all sucks. NBA is trash. Trash. Trash league. Adam Silver, bad. Fixer League. Fix your freaking league. Fix the rules. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Fix your rules. My brothers are the same thing because the heat suck. Yeah. The well, heat suck. I would say that no matter what, it's terrible. Yeah. It, it's it's geared towards kids, the flashy threes and dunks. So, and shoot, I was saying it. The Lakers sucked. I do cool dunks. I do cool dunks. Okay. We'll end it there with a, with a uh, game of zones uh, quote. But yeah, thank you guys for listening to our 50th episode of all time. Uh, this will be, this will be, this will be a mom momentum or a, a memento, I guess, when when the Big Four podcast reaches our millionth listener um, in, in the so. near in the near future. So this will be uh, an episode for the history books, ladies and gentlemen. If so thank we you guys get to for a listening. Million listeners, I'll paint my nails. That's not even like bad. No, I okay whatever disregard that from nick but yeah thank you guys for listening go follow us on instagram and twitter at the big four on squad podcast see you on thursday that's been a while peace let's celebrate come on now let's celebrate we're gonna have a good time tonight Let's celebrate It's alright We're gonna have a good time tonight Let's celebrate It's alright